Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. Faith sure seems to be an important part of Christianity, does it? I mean, after all, we are saved by faith. Uh, We also even saw recently in Habakkuk, the righteous shall live by faith. But what is faith? What does faith mean? Well, that's a very important question for us to answer. And I think sometimes we have a reduced or overly simplistic understanding of what faith means, but we're going to come to a chapter today that defines faith and shows it. Uh, Think of maybe if you were ever in a spelling bee as a kid, right? And they they give you the word and you say, well, uh, can you give me a definition? Can you use it in a sentence? Well, Hebrews chapter 11 gives us all of it. It gives us the definition and then it shows us examples of this critical thing called faith. Now we're going to break Hebrews 11 up into a couple different days of our reading. And today we're just going to start with the first 22 verses. But the first one gives us the definition that we need. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So there it is. What is faith? It's the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Now, I think sometimes we take that and like I said, we we arrive at a reduced, overly simplistic definition that basically just says, hey, look right there. Faith is believing in something that you can't see. Um, and there is a level of which that's that's true. I'm not saying that's a false definition. I'm just saying that's overly simplistic because um, we do see the elements there. You're believing in something that, that you can't see. But notice even the strength of the words that are used there. I'm not arguing that faith is anything less than that definition, but faith, I think, biblical faith is more than that definition. Look at the words that are used. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. There is a strength to this belief in something that you cannot see. And what we're going to see going on is that sometimes we reduce this again merely to facts where I think the substance of what our assurance is based on and our conviction is based on is more than just facts. It gets to God, his character, his promises. We have an assurance of these things. We have a conviction of these things. And I hope that we will see that through some different examples uh, throughout Hebrews 11 today. But we start, we are reminded again, it is not less than understanding the facts. And verse three kind of gives us that by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. This one does deal more in the realm of, in the realm of fact, that we believe God created the universe with his word. And that everything we see was made uh, not out of things that are visible, but by the word of God. 
Now, that's something that we can't go back. We weren't there. We didn't see it, uh, but we believe it. We believe the fact that God created the universe by his word. So, so there is a good example of no, that that is a fact that I affirm. Uh, and, and that is part of faith. But I, what I want you to see is faith often is, is more than that. Again, think of the words assurance. Think of the words conviction. And, and I want us to think of some of the examples that it gives us and how it fleshes that out. First, let's consider Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. So here, Enoch, boom, uh, premature rapture. He's gone. God takes him. Uh, he, He doesn't die. God just takes him to be with him. And why? Well, it says before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. How do you do that? Verse six, and without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. This is what I'm trying to say about faith. Uh, Lots of times we reduce faith in our culture to, yeah, I believe that God exists. But here it says the kind of faith and assurance and conviction that really is going to lead to pleasing God is not only affirming the fact that God exists, but having an assurance and a conviction that he rewards those who seek him. That is biblical faith. I have a conviction that God is worthy, and so I am going to seek Him. I have an assurance that I've seen in Hebrews that Jesus is better, so I'm going to trust in Him, and I will pursue Him, right? This is biblical faith, and that's something that we all need. We need an assurance and a conviction in Jesus that is so strong that it drives us to seek him, that it drives us to draw near to God. That is biblical faith. And so I want you to even fuel that in your own life. God is worthy to be sought. And if you seek him, there will be a reward. And even let's think of that reward first and foremost is him. God says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. But let's start there when we think of the reward. I want to be near to God, right? I hope you're starting to see how biblical faith goes far beyond just affirming a fact that God exists or that he is the creator, but it goes into this realm of he is worthy to be sought and I will seek him. Him. And I hope that's even an expression of what you're doing right now through reading the Bible and that you spend time praying because you're seeking Him, because you believe, you have faith, you have a conviction and assurance that He is worthy to be sought. Uh, another thing I want you to see is um, this assurance and this conviction extends not just to facts, but to the promises of God. And we see that really in, in so much of the rest of our passage today through Abraham and Sarah. They show a conviction and an assurance in the promises of God. Abraham shows that by going out, uh, even though he doesn't know where he was going, and he lives in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. 
And he's looking for a city that God has promised. And Sarah, she receives power to conceive even when she's past the age. Why? Since she considered him faithful who had promised. She held on to the promises of God. Yeah, it doesn't make sense that I would have a baby, but God promised so it's going to happen. And we also see that later on when it talks about Abraham offering up Isaac. Um, and notice what it says. It says that he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son. And it goes on to say that he considered that God even was able to raise uh, uh, Isaac from the dead. Now, why? Well, I think that goes back to the promises. He knows this is the son of promise. God will not break his promise. So even if I do kill Isaac, God will raise him from the dead if he has to, because God will not break his promise that this is the son of the promise. And so you see how this assurance, this conviction of the promises of God motivated Abraham, motivated Sarah. And so I want this to feed and inform your faith today. And I hope that the Bible feeds your faith every day. And again, I want you to see that as more than just you got some facts today that you were reminded of saying, oh yeah, I believe that. I hope you leave your Bible reading today with a stronger assurance and a stronger conviction of things like God is worthy to be sought and things like God will keep all of his promises. And I can trust in those things today. And I will pursue him today. These are the lessons of biblical faith that I hope we don't miss here from Hebrews 11. Uh, let's go back to he, to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is going to switch gears. We're going to kind of see the sad end of this continual saga of people not listening again. Uh, Jeremiah uh, speaks to them on behalf of the Lord now in Egypt, and they say, we're, we're still not going to listen to you. And they even, they're doubling down on their idolatry. And they're even um, so belligerent as to say, we think that why things have gone so wrong is we actually gave up our idolatry. So they're they're thinking, well, if we're more devoted to our idolatry, maybe we'll be helped. And that's that's not what's going to work. You do see a, a little message of encouragement to Jeremiah's helper, Baruch, there in chapter 45. We're looking at chapters 44 through 47 in Jeremiah today. And Baruch, even though all these bad things had happened, God makes clear, hey, don't seek great things for yourself because I'm bringing disaster, but I will give you your life as a prize of war. Um, so there we see God taking care of one of his servants, even in the midst of disaster. And then as we wrap up the book of Jeremiah, we're going to see a shift now to where it starts prophesying judgment on other nations. The narrative here is going to kind of come to an end. Uh, and we're going to get to judgment on other nations, starting with Egypt and the Philistines today. So, so we'll see those as we get into a different portion of the book of Jeremiah. But I hope our time together and I hope your time in the word and time in prayer will feed your faith today, that you would have an assurance and a conviction that God is who he says that he is, that God will keep his promises and that you now by faith will draw near to him and seek him today. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.